Hello, this is Mark Bassingthwaite. I'm the risk manager here at Alps, and welcome to another episode of Alps in Brief. Uh, we're here at the historic Florence building in downtown Missoula, and I'm delighted to be able to introduce our guest this afternoon, uh, David Bell, CEO of Alps. David, can you take just a few moments and tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background? Sure, Mark. Thanks for including me in today's podcast. Um, I've had the privilege of being at the helm of Alps for almost six years uh-huh. and have ha- have worked my entire career in the insurance industry, uh, both domestically and abroad for small companies and large, and uh, in some cases turning a small company into a large one. Right. And it's uh, it was such a, a blessing and a privilege to have the opportunity in 2012 to come home to Montana and also to take the leadership uh, of Alps, and we've uh, we've accomplished a lot of great things together since then. And yes, more sure important, have. more importantly, we have a lot of exciting things on the horizon for the company and for its people and for its policyholders and stakeholders. Yeah, well, let's talk about that a, a little bit. You know, we had uh, in, uh, just a great meeting uh, today, uh, getting the company together and looking uh, more long term and, and developing some vision. Uh, would you just take a couple of moments to share, sort of? Your vision, what are we doing here at Alps? Where are we going? I'd love to share this with, uh, with our, our listeners. Sure. Well, we're, at a, we're at an exciting inflection point for yes. Alps. Um, having changed our regulatory structure and begun to move into the uh, states remaining that Alps has not been in historically and really take the value proposition that has made Alps successful over the past 30 years and double and triple down on that. And... Today's meeting that included everyone in the company mm-hmm. in the various offices from the east to the west coast really set the vision for us together um, on our culture, on our financial metrics and what we're, what we're striving towards and mm-hmm. how we're measuring ourselves, and also really the, the why, the why we do yes. this vision, exactly. yeah. uh, why we do this together, why we do this for our customers and, and what we hope to accomplish with all of the hours that we spend together um, rowing in the same direction and fighting for the same goal. You know, it, it, I've been with the company now 20 years, and uh, you know, it's just been such a an exciting time uh, in in recent years to see the the growth uh, and the direction that Alps is moving in. And I'd kind of like to pivot the conversation just a little bit and and look at the value of vision for businesses in general to include solo and small firms. You know, one of the, in my experience in terms of uh, doing some consulting risk management visits, these kinds of things over the year, you know, it, at times you do find attorneys, uh, for lack of a better description, sort of spinning their wheels. Uh, and and uh, it, it, there's not a lot of growth. Um, and, you know, I, I would just be interested in your comments in terms of the value of vision to uh, helping a lawyer move forward uh, and, and in the context of any business. You know, I, there's nothing magical about vision, whether it's GE or a small solo. You see where I'm going, but mm-hmm. your thoughts, your comments. Sure. Well, I think uh, one of the reasons why we had the meeting we had today um, coming off of a fantastic year in 2017 was, you know, I, I felt, frankly, wanting at the end of 17 mm-hmm. um, in messaging our accomplishments, but yet 
I'm recognizing that we closed a year where we have the highest and first in almost every category, the, the highest revenue ever, the highest surplus ever, one of the lowest claim frequencies ever. I mean, the, the, the business is as healthy and vibrant as it's ever been in its yeah. three decades. But yet I felt like it was it, the year end wrap up of accomplishment was missing something. And I feel, and this is where I'm accountable, that what it was missing was some clarity and vision beyond the budget. Did we beat budget? Did we not beat budget? Right? That is a component piece of a plan and part of a vision, but it's not the vision itself. Uh, nor is a mission statement or a several sentence tagline that identifies your values. That's important, and we yes, have that. Absolutely. But that's not the vision. I mean, the vision, it really comes down to the why we do what we do. And doing a little more than last year, a little more revenue, a little more profit, that's good. And it's necessary, Yes. but it's not the why. It, and if it is the why, it's frankly hard to seek inspiration over the long term if that is the why. And so today at Alps, and I, and I uh, suspect the same is true within the story of a solo practitioner or a moderate or large sized law firm, the why we do what we do is as important as how effectively and how much money we make um, in doing what we do. And so. For, for us, the, the vision of why really comes down to uh, solving, solving the problems for our customers, um, doing it in a way that honors our core values, right? We write transparent, easy to read policies. We apply claims in a fair, honest, and transparent way. And we're proud of that. We can all look in the mirror knowing that we've, we've both created and effectuated something that we can be proud of. Uh, but within these walls and the people that are working together, this is a giant relationship potpourri. Everybody is interacting. Everybody um, comes from different life experiences. They have had uh, accomplishments and they have been wounded in different ways. And they bring all of that and those experiences to, to work. And we're, we're, we're complicated people. And when we put a lot of us together, we're exponentially more complicated. So reminding ourselves of the why we're doing what we're doing um, becomes really important so that it's not just we did a dollar now we need to do two dollars it's you know we're doing this for each other we're doing it towards us for a certain mission um, and we can seek inspiration from that and ideally what we come up with is something that makes us excited to do what we're doing we mm -hmm. don't do it for a job we do it because we really enjoy it and we enjoy the people we do it with and I love that. That's just fantastic. Can you, sort of the last topic I'd like to explore with this is, I'm a lawyer, so I, it's a hypo here. And, you know, I've come together with a few other lawyers and we're starting a, you know, small firm here. We may have a couple of employees, this kind of thing. Maybe we've been in practice for a year or so and we're still struggling just Again, finding direction, finding success. And so we reach out to you just as, if you will, even just a business consultant and somebody that just has a tremendous amount of experience here. How would you, I said, well, David, okay, I appreciate the value of vision, but how would I go about this in, in a small setting? Do you have some thoughts or some general just advice to the business side of this? You know, because I think, Lawyers spend a lot of time. We're, we're taught how to practice law, and you know the the education we have is a great education, but we're not taught how to run a business. And you know 
there is this business aspect, this business side. And if we're not successful with the business of law, we're not, you see where I'm going. So what, do you have any thoughts to share on just, just a couple of day-to-day -day tips? How might I go about? Sure. Well, anybody who has a law firm is a better expert than I am at, this, at the moment on how to run a, a law firm. But I would suggest that, like any business, as it pertains to lawyers and law firms, which is an industry we know quite well, right. and we see them succeed, and we see them fail. We see them dissolve, we see them merge, um, and we see them become phenomenally successful in a lot of cases. And I, I do think that it is important that those who run a law firm, and it doesn't matter whether it's a solo practitioner or a 50-person firm, um, really thinks in isolation about I am a legal practitioner, right? I, I strive for excellence mm -hmm. in my understanding and application of the law. That's critical. It's really hard to be a great lawyer and law firm if that's not a commitment. I also separately, to your point, Mark, separately, I also have a business. Right, And yes. that business um, needs to be run like a business, which means I need to be sensitive to the fact that my time is billable hours equals money. There's only so many hours in the day. Right. There are both efficient ways to spend that time and inefficient ways to spend the time. And if I don't take some time understanding the difference between the two, it will lean towards inefficient and will become financially stressful for the business. So there is the legal practitioner of the, of, and there is the business manager, and there also is the why, right? Because why am I doing this? And you know, the, the practice of law is one of the most noble pursuits around. And you know, different, different lawyers practice different types of law and yes, they're involved in different areas of law. But the fact that you are bringing your expertise to someone who doesn't have it themselves and who would be disadvantaged, in some cases utterly lost without you, that's a great, that's a great fiduciary responsibility that you're undertaking. And there's, there's a lot of inspiration that can be naturally born in the why of why I'm doing this from that. But I, I suspect, and you know, listeners can just kind of reflect for themselves to what extent this might be true for their practice, that you do have to, you do have to pursue the why intentionally and pursue the, the most noble of the why options. And, and I absolutely agree. Uh, I guess in, in, in follow-up to that, is it important that, so again, I've got this small firm, there are three, four, five of us, whatever we, we have, is it important that each of us as lawyers practicing the firm and perhaps to include our staff, does the why need to be uniform? Do we all need to have sort of a similar vision if the firm is going to succeed? Is that something you would encourage and advise if we, if we sit down and have these kinds of conversations or is it more uh, of a personal thing? Do, do you have any thoughts on that? This, well, this is one guy's opinion and I can't say that this is the right one, but my, my opinion is, is that you don't actually have to have the same why okay. with the, with your contemporaries uh, and colleagues in the firm, but I do think it is the why needs to be known and discussed, and to the extent there are differences, and in some cases there can be enormous strengths harnessed from different whys, right. as long as the whys are complementary, and as long as the whys are not in conflict, uh, okay. and that they can not just coexist, but that they can work 
off of each other. Uh, and so I don't know that they need to be the same. I think it could be great if they are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But I think it can also be great if they're not the same. But I don't think it can be great yeah. if it's just an unknown, an uncoordinated yeah. every man yeah. or woman for her, for him or herself. Right. And we'll just see how it works out. Yeah. If you want to just see how it works out, then you're not going to know how it's going to work yeah. out. Right? Yeah. Well, this, this kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier today in terms of it seems to me there's this difference in, in terms of having a vision and having clarity of vision. And, and you know, we as, as business partners, um, if, if we all understand the whys of each other and understand where we're trying to go, we can have some clarity of vision. And I think that lends itself to, 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 to success in the business side. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And purpose, success and purpose, where you wake yeah, up well, and say, yes, yeah. exactly. Because I mean, we've said here before, you know, this, this is a, we do a wonderful, uh, we have a wonderful business and a noble profession. Um, this is not, we aren't feeding kids in Africa. And so right. the inspiration that can be garnered from that type of a, of a business isn't the same as, as this business. So you have to, if you're, because so often people wake up one day and they, they, they lack meaning or they lack purpose in life. And we should all guard ourselves against that. But it, we don't all have to be in this wonderful philanthropic nonprofit profession mm-hmm. in order to in order to feed and fulfill that that side of us. Right. But if we aren't watching for it, then one day it will just confront us when we wake up. Yeah. And and those those are the you know whether the crisis actually happens in midlife or happens at some <laughs> other point. Uh, that's that's oftentimes when the crisis does yeah. come yeah. personally. Yeah. Well, there's some food for thought. Listen, David, it has been such a pleasure. I really appreciate your taking the time to, to visit uh, with the listeners here on the podcast. And I hope at some point in future we can get together again and explore some other topics. Uh, to those of you listening, thanks again. Uh, and please, if any of you have any thoughts or ideas and things that you'd like to hear in future podcasts, please don't hesitate to reach me at mbass, that's the letter M, B-A-S-S, at alpsnet.com. That's it. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.